Weekend Show with Ken Kidney. Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to another edition of The Weekend Show. My name is Ken Kidney, and I am joined by my inspirational co-host, Garrett. Say hello, Garrett. Good day. Coming up on the show this week, we bring you the week in words as always. We give you our picks from around the web in NetPicks, and we debut a new segment called Replay. Details about that later. But before we get to all that excitement, Garrett, tell the kind people at home about your week. Last week I was talking about Amiibo, Ken. The Yoshi Amiibo came this week. The Woolly Yoshi Amiibo. It's, it's a Yoshi made out of yarn, so it, it has kind of the yarn effect, and it's it's super adorable. I've seen the pictures on Twitter. It's like, it's the greatest, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. If you haven't seen these things, just Google Yoshi Yarn Amiibo and you'll see pictures of it and you'll stare at it until the end of the world because it's just so adorable. Spell Amiibo for the people just in case they don't know how to spell it. A-M-I-I-B-O. Amiibo. You can, you can almost say it in a Mario voice. It's Amiibo. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's kind of cool because it's a mixture of technology and, and material. Yeah, it's kind of design. So it's like... It's a piece of material, but it's got a technology on it so you can put it into your game. Yeah. That's something really cool. And all all the other Amiibo are just kind of like regular figurines with a kind of base. Yeah. Whereas this is just kind of like, it looks like a stuffed animal, but it works in your game. And it's so adorable. It melts my heart. Aw. I love it. Would you go as far as saying it's totes adorbs? It's totes adorbs. And there's like three different colors you can get. I have a green one, but you can get a pink one and a blue one as well. And they're also adorable. There will be people who collect them all. Oh, yeah. There are people that have every amiibo. I only have four at the moment. A fifth how, on its way. How many amiibos are there? Ooh, there's 40-something for Smash, three for Splatoon, three for Yoshi. Another couple are coming. I think there's around 60 at the moment. And they're like a 10 or a pop or? Uh, 15 to 25, depending on which one and where you get it. So we're talking like thousands for all of them? Yeah, and that's assuming you buy them at after market price. Some of them are quite rare, so you actually play above cost for them. And in terms of uh, the the Yarny Yoshis, I'm mm. proud of myself for that one. That was they're, quite they're, good. They're amazing. Are the different colors different characters? Are they different abilities? Or well, in the game, they'll you scan it into the game. And you, have you ever played a Yoshi game where you're we're walking around and you shoot like little Yoshi swallows thing or eggs and stuff and and kind of poops it out behind them and you can shoot it. Yeah. Whereas uh, if you scan the amiibo, you'll have kind of a replica following you around that you can eat up and spit at things. Okay. Yeah. And if you scan like one of the other amiibos, uh, it'll give you, it'll turn Yoshi into like a yarn version of that character. Yeah. So you can have like Mario Yoshi, which is this Yoshi who's red, white with kind of blue overalls and a mustache. And that's adorable as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How was your weekend? Well, Garrett, my week was pretty good. Uh, I'm waiting to hear my promotion. So hopefully. They've been very quick about it. Well, they said they'd be quick about it on Monday. It's now Saturday as they re- we record this. And uh, unless, but like, I, I keep having this vision that I won't find out until the person is actually there doing the job. And it's like, oh, by the way, you didn't get it. And then that person is like, oh, hi. And then they'll be talking to you about the job that you went for. It's like, oh, did no one tell you? That's a bit awkward. But um, on Thursday, I finally got to see the long-awaited Minions. I saw it this morning myself. <sighs> I I kind of I have to say I was a little bit disappointed. There's not much to it, is there? It's kind of by the numbers, really. Like yeah. you know, a little bit of peril, not that much peril, and it it gets resolved really quickly. It's missing the kind of emotion that that Despicable Me one and two have, particularly the first one. The 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 kind of the the punch that I need. 
like there's a big there's supposed to be a big point of emotion in the film towards the end and they totally kind of pay it off really quickly yeah and you know there's no kind of there's not there's nothing there's no sense of urgency there's no parallel i know it's an animated film and like i got what i wanted out of it in the sense that it's like minions running around doing silly things mm. and, and in, in strange scenarios and getting themselves into kind of comedic trouble. I liken them to kind of the old slapstick films, the, the silent comedies are kind of from that era of like, like the, they're almost like the three stooges of our era. So I got, we got that element of it, but I, I, we just didn't get the heart, which is what I wanted as well. And I didn't care for any of the human characters. Yeah. Particularly the Scarlet, the Scarlet Overkill character, which I thought there was, there was just nothing to that character. Exactly, she's just kind of, I'm bad. Yeah, I'm a generic villain. And I, I, I no problem with, um, what's her name, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock's performance, but the character, there's just no depth, there are no kind of, no edge to it. It's just, I'm a generic villain, follow me please, minions. There's a point where she turns on the minions, sorry, spoilers. It's, yeah, it doesn't, it's, doesn't it's a minion film. You're just there for minion antics, you're not yeah. there for the plot. Yeah, and it, and it's very predictable, and yep. it's just like, but there are some very enjoyable moments, uh, mostly minion related obviously and mostly relating to the kind of core trio of bob stewart and kevin bob is my faves bob with his his bear named tim and his rat named um poochie poochie, poochie the rat poochie the rat <laughs> yeah um i would say still go see it it's an enjoyable watch but it, it just hasn't got it hasn't got the the emotion yeah it doesn't have the punch that especially this is this despicable me too had uh, i said on twitter today it's beginning to remind me of the ice age films yeah. Or you go see them. They're they're inoffensive. They're fine. But they're blatantly being made to make money at this stage. Yeah. I don't think they're going to make another Minions film. Because they kind of brought it to the start of Despicable Me. Yeah. As such with it. Uh, one is enough, I think. Yeah. They don't really have the narrative ground for it. They'd be like, they barely even had the narrative ground for this one. Exactly. It won't stop them. But I don't think they'll do it. I think they'll just make Despicable Me 3. Basically. And, and I'm really 4 and 5. And 6. And <laughs> yeah. Basically, as long and then they'll make a live action with uh, Daryl O'Brien as Gru. He does look remarkably like him. I'm sure he's never gotten that before. <laughs> yeah, he actually mentioned that to recently in an interview with Stephen Hawking, and Stephen Hawking t- found it quite uh, amusing. Okay, guys, coming up next is our week in words. Do not press pause. It's bound to be very interesting as always. You're listening to the Weekend Show podcast with Ken Kidney. Google found itself in hot water yesterday when its Photos app apparently automatically labeled a black couple as gorillas. So guys, as you just heard, Google was in hot water during the week when its new Photos app identified a black couple as gorillas. Why is that even a setting? I don't know. Like, why is, why is why does it identify gorillas? Well, maybe, as I don't know. Like, uh, ooh, 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 selfie? Oh, because they'd have selfie sticks, Ken. They'd carve sticks out of trees and yeah. then create selfie sticks with that. And then just showing them a picture of him, like, them wrestling. Hashtag lols. And gorillas are smart, so yeah. we should teach gorillas to take iPhone photos so the setting can actually have some kind of function. Can gorillas do duck face? They would be pretty terrifying. So the app uses artificial intelligence to scan and identify subjects in images before labeling them more like artificial dumminess <laughs> so google says it's appalled naturally as if they had nothing to do with it as if they're like what uh, the the indignance of the, the the artificial intelligence to do this on our behalf this thing that we have created we had no idea i, I think we, we mentioned it when we were preparing for this podcast perhaps tarzan would like the option of being identified as a gorilla yeah it, uh, it's it's just there entirely for him he, he's british british gorilla barillon Barillon. We've just coined a new phrase. That, that should be trending on Twitter. Hashtag innovate. May that go viral. 
Jackie Alkine raised the alarm on social media when the the incident happened. He was one of the people in the photos who was called a gorilla. He is a gorilla. He was none too pleased. Like maybe like he just re- maybe like he never realized he was a gorilla until. Oh my god, he's raised like he's like the opposite of a wolf raising a child. He's a, a gorilla raised by a family of humans. It's like oh, I'm a gorilla. Like a Why huge, didn't you tell me, Mom? A huge moment of existential angst now. No but, wonder everyone was looking at him weird all his life. It's like, it's like, it's like the it's like the film Tarzan, the Disney film, except like in reverse, as you said. Yeah. So I'm repeating you. I'm, you're, you're stealing my lines. Quoting. It's called quoting. You're yeah. a journalist. Anyway, uh, Jackie was very eloquent in his commentary on the whole incident. Google Photos, comma, y'all effed up. My friend is not a gorilla. That's a shrewd observation. Yes. Notice, notice. He said, my friend's not a gorilla. Said oh. nothing about him. Oh. His theory is holding water. So, basically, he's got a, a secret to hide. Oh, yeah. We're going to see an expose join the rig as Jackie Alkine was a gorilla all along. He'll have to apologize to Google. Unlike Google's apology, where they said, Jonathan, rather than Jonathan, it's spelled with a Y. I'm not being fancy and pronouncing a J. As His parents made that up. Yeah. Zunger said, this is 100% not okay. It was high on my list of bugs you never wanted to see happen. I like the fact that this was even a bug they considered. It's like, oh, what if we accidentally have people identified as animals? That could be construed as perhaps racist. What would it be racist for identifying white people as? What animal would if it said uh, white people are this animal? Is that racist? I don't know. Like seagulls? Seagulls are white. Moving on, I think we've said all we can say about that. Listen up, tech buffs, because this next story is one for you. The iPhone better get ready because there's a new phone in town and it's like something straight out of the movies. The Turing phone looks like it was plucked right out of a sci-fi movie. Turing Robotics Industries announced on Thursday its Turing phone, the world's first smartphone made from liquid morphium, liquid metal, a material that's stronger than titanium and steel. Impressive hardware aside, the Turing phone's other star feature is its security. Turing Robotics says the phone uses a protected communications network that is entirely insulated from cyber threats and privacy intrusions. Turing Robotics Industries announced on Thursday its Turing phone, the world's first smartphone made from liquid morphium. That sounds like a made-up sci-fi thing. Do Do you know what else are made out of liquid metal? Terminators. Oh my god, it's a Terminator phone! It's happening. Turing Robotics, air quotes, Skynet. Yeah. Because this is the past, because Turing Robotics will go on to become Skynet. This is how it happens. And they send the phone back to incept us early. And it turns into Arnie. <laughs> Liquid morphium. Dun 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 dun. Get to the chopper. Dun 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 dun. I'll be back. This whole segment, I'm going to be open here, was to make a Terminator joke. Hasta la vista, baby. But it, is, it does sound like a really cool, cool phone guard. Let's talk about it. I'm just drawing out Arnie quotes. But it's a material that's stronger than titanium and steel. So basically, if you, like, threw it on the floor... It's like the old Nokia phones. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be indestructible. It's like, no matter what you do, like, if you go out at night out and you just, like, drop it the whole time because you're totally and utterly out of your mind drunk, it won't do anything. Although it might turn sentient and kill try you. to kill you because, like, how dare you drop me? Or go back in the past and try and kill you then because you would have started a revolution in the future. Whoa. I still have one of those Nokia phones. Yeah, literally, you, you can't break them. You honestly can't. And I, I charge it once every two weeks. 
So it looks like something out of a sci-fi film because the Terminator's it's a Terminator phone. Yeah. Mashable actually have a picture of it. It's very sleek, very futuristic. It looks like something you might see in like what's that film? Total Recall. Yes, he Arnie is also on that one. This is just an Arnie the segment. Arnie's segment. Buy the chewing phone. We promise it won't kill you. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Uh, it runs on Android 5.0 Lollipop. It features a 5.5-inch screen with... Uh, it, it has full HD. There's the resolution there, but I don't know how to read resolution. How do you actually read resolution? I did multimedia in college, so I should, should know this, but uh, moving on. Yep. Uh, 13 megapixel camera, eight, or uh, rear camera, 8 megapixel front camera, and uh, 3,000 milliamp per hour battery. I have no idea what that means. No, but Mashable commented, Mashable, our, our big tech blog, tech website, that like it's literally like for their first phone, it's like like only a fraction behind like the the, the top line specs for today. Mm. Uh, there's a Qualcomm Snapdragon 801 processor with a, uh, a 2.8 gigahertz uh, quad core great graphics i i love i love those because uh, you read all these things when you're getting like a phone or a computer it's like yeah. i have no idea what any of it means maybe if we put the word dragon in there people want to buy it yeah that's the only reason dragon is there that's true uh three gigs of ram i understand that and uh 16 to 64 gigs of storage probably depending on the price another interesting point it has a new take on the the fin- fingerprint sensor like it's usually integrated into the lock button on the front but mm-hmm. it's actually on the side on this machine i thought that was so i only found out in the ipod recently that that's like optional yeah you can still just push the button and put the passcode in yeah so that makes it like redundant it's like, why would you want that? Yeah, if you, you can still get in even without the fingerprint. Someone mentioned that to me recently, actually. They were at a festival, uh, the Slane Festival with Foo Fighters, and it was raining the whole time. And you have to keep on drying the phone so you can get into it because it won't recognize your fingerprint otherwise. It's waterproof, so it, w- it will never die. It, it is the phone of the future. It is the Terminator phone. Yep. Up to 30 feet of water. That's a lot. That's quite deep. I don't think I, I I can't swim, so I would drown in thirty feet of water. <laughs> the phone would last longer than I would in thirty feet of water. So they would lose Gar, but they would still have the phone. To yeah, I'd be dead, but the phone would be fine. There, People there. can call the authorities when they drag my body out of the water. There, there, family. I would I would love if they made an equivalent of Siri for this phone, but with Arnie. There, there, reef is a terrible thing. <laughs> He'll drag you through. The 16 gig is $610. It goes up to 128 gigs for $870. On par with the expensive phones. A today. little above, but... Yeah, I, I I, would, like, I'm actually interested in this phone. If I get the money, I will buy it. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. But, like, 16 gigs is enough for me. I don't see why you need any more. We'll be back with the next story. Top-notch impression here. I'm a good Ernie. I think we all liked to play soldier as children, but it seems that one German man never grew out of it and took it to a whole other level. German authorities seized tank and other World War II weapons in a raid. Authorities seized a 45-ton Panther tank, a flak cannon, and multiple other World War II-era weapons in a raid on a 78-year-old collector's home in northern Germany. I wonder if they put up a fight. Yeah. He got in the tank and it's like, you'll never take me alive. Was it Arnie? I was about to do my German accent. There it is. I was going to veer straight into Arnie again for the second straight news story. So we'll stay away from the Arnie impressions. Uh, they also seized a torpedo. He could, he could have. This is like a malicious amount of ammunition and stuff. 
Like, who needs a tank? A 45-ton tank of that. The the man, who I'll leave nameless because we could possibly buy some kind of trial, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I'm, uh, of my understanding, legal, legally not legal. Yes. Legally not legal? Yes. That's my that's that's legal jargon. I, I don't know if you've ah. ever studied media law like I have. But he's under investigation, so there it remains unclear whether he's actually possessed these legally or he's just been hoarding them since... Since World the War fall II. of the Reich or something. Yeah. Uh, the pensioner's lawyer seems to maintain that it was properly demilitarized and registered, but the crux of the the argument of the, the people who are investigating him are saying that that was not the case. Just so, keeping a tank in his garden. So, uh, that is still possibly fit for use. Some people put like gnomes in their garden. He's just like, I got a tank. And the funniest part is that like he wasn't actually like shy about it he used to like tell people that he had a tank i like the idea of him sitting in the top of his tank in his garden saying look at me i have a tank come at me bro yeah but uh neighbor christian schroeder told the local newspaper that keeler nachtrichten good german guy six years of german served me good he basically bragged about his tank all the time and he even used it to clear snow one particularly bad winter in 78 79 at least he's, he's making practical use of his death machine yeah, it's a typical man though. Like he could, if he really just stayed quiet, he could have kept it. But he's like, no man is not going to tell everyone that they have a tank. Do you think he he used it as a pickup line? He's like, do you want to come home and see my tank? And people thought tank was a euphemism for penis, but it turns out they went back and he actually had a tank and blew them away. That was talking about his penis. <laughs> so let's move on. I just talked about an old man's penis. I think that story peaks there. Seventy-eight-year-old penis. They say the crime doesn't pay. But a New York thief is literally rolling in it after one audacious heist. Robber in wheelchair rolls away from bank. New York police are looking for a man in a wheelchair suspected of robbing a Santander bank on 37th Street in Broadway around 2 p.m. on Monday. A man in New York this week robbed a bank and got away with the cash. What's interesting about that, Ken, is he was a man in a wheelchair. Yeah, he got away with 1200 in cash. That's a, that's a nice modest amount to rob a bank of. It's like... You know, I'm in. A, I, I'm a thief in a wheelchair, but I'm not a monster. So yeah. I, I just want twelve hundred, and I'll, I'll be on my way. He was accused of passing a note to a Santander bank teller in New York City borough of Queens on Monday afternoon and demanding the money. Despite never showing a gun to bank workers, the man was not intercepted as he exited the bank in his wheelchair with the loot. No arrests have been made. So he's at large. Yeah. Do you think it was just like, oh, we can't give out. We can't give out to the man who's robbing the chair, robbing the bank in the wheelchair. It's just like, okay. I can take it. Oh, he's Uh, trying to rob us. Yeah, it's like we could kind of overpower him pretty easily, but that would would be kind of mean. I think his note wasn't threatening. It was just to guilt them into giving him the money. I'm in a wheelchair. I can't use my legs. Give me money. You can use your legs, so. It wasn't the first time uh, someone's attempted a wheelchair robbery. A 60-year-old Idaho man in a wheelchair was arrested last year for holding up a first federal bank, stopped by the police while attempting to flee the robbery scene in a taxi cab. <laughs> was he, like, taking ages to get into the cab, and that's how they caught him. And, like, the taxi man had to get him out of the chair, get him into the cab, then take the chair, put it in the back. It's not exactly a quick getaway. It's not. He, sh- he should have thought that one out. In a much kind of sadder case in 2010, a terminally ill California man in a wheelchair, hoping to get medical care in prison, held up a chase bank with a BB gun. There are easier ways to get arrested, surely. And just for doing that, with a fake gun, he got 21 years in prison. He got what he wanted. He got what he wanted. People oppose Obamacare, but, you know, his story is kind of 
proof positive that perhaps maybe it's the right way to go. Yeah, it's probably better if people don't try and get arrested in order to get health care. That seems that does not not a very kind reflection on your on your country. Nor is it a very a very efficient system of distributing healthcare. This next story, Gar, is my favorite story we've ever done. <laughs> One of Japan's most loved four-legged civil servants passed away this week. No, you aren't going crazy. You heard that right. Listen to this. Tama, the station master, Japan's feline star of a struggling local railway, was mourned by company officials and fans and elevated into a goddess at a funeral Sunday. In one of the most adorable stories I've ever heard, Tama, the calico cat, the station master of Japan's, uh, one of Japan's local railways, was mourned by company officials and fans having passed away last week or the week before last i think at the stage 22nd of june weirdly enough at the funeral they elevated her to the level of goddess much deserved so like in the shinto religion which is actually one of the more major religions in japan uh a lot of their gods are are actually animals so they've so like when they pray like for like you know good fortune or for the sun sun to shine on your wedding you're praying to to tama the cat I remember when you when you told me that we were covering this story this week. You were like, "Gar, there's this cat who's who's a station manager in a railway in Japan." And I'm like, "Oh yeah," and he's died, and you broke my heart, Ken. You broke my heart. She had a good she had a good run. She she died of heart failure at age sixteen, which not bad for a cat. Hmm. But like apparently, I, I've seen the pictures as well. Uh, she 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 had a little station master cap that was custom made and a little cape. I, I take it back. Yoshi, Aaron Yoshi isn't the most adorable thing in the world. Station Master Cat is. And now he's dead. It's a dark blue cape because it's very regal. Mm. Sake as well as watermelons, apples, cabbage and other fruits and vegetables. Must have been her favourites, I guess. She was a very diverse cat. Were presented as she lay in shrine. Uh, There's a stand outside station which is like literally heaving with bouquets. Justifiably. Cantuna and other gifts... Uh, left to aid her passage to the the next world. I hope it's a painful, painless passage. This is the key element here. Thousands of Tama fans came to pray from around the country. If if I had heard about this cat beforehand, I would have flown to Japan just to mourn poor Tama. <laughs> just to pay your respects to pay, the... pay my respects to the goddess cat. So, Gar, going forward, if you if you need something, you need a guardian angel. Are you instead of praying to to Saint Peter or whatever? I'm going to pray to Tama. Pray to Tama. Tama, Tama, please, be praised. Please bestow success upon this podcast. Tama, please let people listen to the weekend show with Ken Kidney, and follow us on Twitter at TWSKK. And if you're not too busy, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. Ken, we should get a, a podcast cat, podcast master, podcast. We're, we're going to get a podcast. podcast. We're going to do that. Name's Tama. So Waka. Wakayama? I can never pronounce these things. It's just... You and other languages don't get along. No. Wakayama. Wakayama. Electric Railway President Mitsunobu Kojima. You're very good at Japanese, Gary. I watch too much Japanese for wrestling. That's uh, that's why I know how to pronounce Japanese names. Uh, The President thanked the cat for her achievement. Said Tama will be enshrined at a nearby cat shrine later this month. You know, when they kind of put people in tombs, but they're kind of in state, so you can kind of see them. It's kind of gross. Like, anyway. the, like the, the popes and stuff. Hopefully she won't be visible, because, like, she's going to... Rot and decay. And yeah. That's not very dignified, is it? No. For such a wonderful cat. 
before Tama's arrival, the local Kishigawa, I got one, nailed it, line was near bankrupt and the station was unmanned and had lost lost most of its staff. In fact, all of its staff. Tama contributed a whopping, a whopping, whopping, whopping. We should, yeah, that's a new word. Whopping. It's not whopping. It's whopping. Eight point nine million to the local economy. This is a nine million dollar cat. Originally appointed as an excuse just to keep her around, and she made nine million for the local economy. She saved the station. So Kojima, who was very, very sad, quoted as saying, "She was really doing her job." He said, "The rest was a miracle," and his company's success story also gave hope for dozens of other struggling tiny local train lines. Tamachan, which was her full name, really emerged like a savior, a goddess. Hence her goddess status now. It was truly in my honor to have been able to work with her. Like, everyone's like, like it's like it's, like it's a person. It's so weird. It's like, man, they're like mourning her, her death and like, like almost like they like spoke to her on a daily basis. Like, Tama, I remember when you helped me through my divorce. Uh, pardon the pun, but do you think, do you think there was a bunch of copycats after this? Yeah. Well, it, it, I think, I think it's something that they're actually... You're right there. There's actually other stations who've attempted to replicate the success, but not on the scale of Megastar Tama. Here's Flippy, the station master goldfish. Yeah. And Jerome, the station master hamster. Can you imagine how adorable a tiny cape and tiny hat would be on a goldfish? It would be fairly adorable. Like John Oliver did that episode recently where he showed all those weird Japanese mascots and how like every city and every kind of district have their own weird, adorable looking mascot. So I assume every train station now is an animal station master. Garrett, you'd think there's not any gold left in this story. There's more. Let me read. Kojima, who's who's still mourning, eulogized the cat to the local media. He said that when he visited Tama at the animal hospital the day before she died, he looked that she looked straight into his eyes and reached out her hands as if to ask him for a hug. (laughs) This is his quote. He said this. He said he said they told Tama. To get well soon so they can t- celebrate her 10-year anniversary as station master. And then the cat responded with a simple meow. Oh, my heart is broken, Kat. You've broken my heart. Tama. Tama was an ambitious cat, Gar. She had climbed the corporate ladder from station master all the way up to ultra station master. Very Japanese. Yeah. Ultra station master. It's like Ultraman. Because uh, we, were, we were in Tokyo once. And there's, like, giant statues of Ultraman there. We should build a giant Tama statue. We should. Yeah. We should do that. Like, it's a, we should do one of those... Like, that's the way to go viral. Like, like one of those Paddy Power campaigns where we built a Tama statue and people will come around the world, from around the world to Ireland, to, like, to see our Tama statue. The Japanese will be banging our door down. To pay respects to their beloved goddess cat, Ultra Station Master Tama. Yeah. We'll have her with the cape and the hat. And then pointing towards the sky. Tama will be succeeded by another calico cat, uh, cat Ken. Nitama. Not the same. No. It's not the same, girl. Ho- hopefully Tama trained her in, you know. Uh, you have to pass the corporate knowledge down. She's not going in at the top, though, girl. An apprentice. She's an apprentice. You have to work her way up to Tama level. Yeah. You don't just suddenly become a superstar cat. Tama? I'll miss you, Tama. What, what age was she? So, so she would have been born in 1999? Uh, 16, 99. I can do math. So we'll, we'll do the, the, the classic thing here. Tama, 1999 to 2015. RIP, we will miss you. Deeply, even though we never knew you. Deeply miss you. Even though I only heard about you after you had died. I'll miss you, Tama. Bye, bye, Tama.
Miss you in the saddest way that rhymes with Tama. Mana, man. You're better at rhyming. Yeah. That's actually very good. Yeah. Mana. Mana. We're rambling, girl. If you still listen beyond our our outro there, thank you. Thank you. Bye, Tama. Bye, Tama. Tama's amazing story brings an end to your week in words. More stories next week. Coming up after the break, we bring you the best of the web in our netpicks. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at SoundCloud.com slash The Weekend Show. Welcome back to The Weekend Show. It's time for our weekly roundup of the best of the web in the extremely cleverly titled Netpicks. We're good at wordplay. If you don't know about this by now, we will give you one selection for something to watch, one read and one listen available on the internet which is basically anything this is a very broad segment because we're clever yeah. we don't want to box ourselves in so Garrett, what do you want our listeners to watch this week my pick for something to watch is the chris evans film snowpiercer which mm. is set on a train circling the globe after a weathered uh, weather rather than weathered uh, induced apocalypse we tried to uh, stop global warming and we ended up causing the ice age interesting go for a go us so it stars Chris Evans, uh, Jamie Bell, John Hurt, Ed Harris. It's directed by Boon Joon Hoo, or Ho, uh, and it was a South Korean production. It's kind of a co-production, which is kind of it's kind of neat to see uh, foreign films attract such a, a an illustrious cast. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it, it features a lot of really good action set pieces. It's at its heart an action film, but there's some really smart kind of social class system commentary. And it's about the the train is is segmented into different sections. The, the people toward the back are kind of the poor who are rationed out horrible food. And then the people toward the front are living a life of luxury as they circle the globe after the apocalypse, waiting for the world to become habitable again because they're the last people left on Earth. So it's like space Titanic? Yep, pretty much. Uh, so there's uh, so the people at the back start an uprising and start moving their way through the train, essentially. That sounds totally badass. Yeah, and Chris Evans is really good. In it. It's really good to see Chris Evans outside of the Captain America role because I, I really like him as Captain America. He's Captain America is far and away my favorite Avenger, but it's nice to see Chris Evans because yeah, you like Iron Man. Iron Man is the best. Like everyone else, everyone's like, "Oh, Iron Man, I love you, Robert Downey Jr." But I'm like, Cap is cool. He's the greatest man that ever lived. Not Chris Evans. Chris Evans is, but he's really good as Iron Man. But it's you know when you see people, Uh, you said he's good as Iron Man. Uh, Damn it! (laughs) Yes, I win. (laughs) You do win. You've made the Fordian slip. He's really good as Captain America, but it's nice you know when some people get, get tied into those roles they. Tend, you tend not to see them for years doing anything else. Yeah. Well, you know, they're kind of they're kind of slaves to the contract, really. And they become very time-consuming. Uh, but it's nice to see him in a role outside of that where he can flex his muscles a little more, both figuratively and literally. Tell the kind people where you can find it. It's on US Netflix again, so you'll have to find a workaround, but it's worth it's worth checking out. Even just, even just for the action scenes alone, it's worthwhile. What's your pick this weekend? My watch is Braviest 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 no that's another word we've coined loads of new words on this show it's only bravest it's not braviest that's like the next step up maybe in the future they will be there's a pokemon called braviary there are spoilers for later it's foreshadowing ken it's 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 creating a continuity creating a buzz yeah anyway totally sidetracked bravest warriors which is available on youtube it's by pendleton pendleton which is a word name i've never heard before pendleton ward who is the creator of adventure time Basically, it's set in the year 3085, and the series follows four teenagers 
heroes for hire, if you will, as they warp through the universe and time and space to save adorable aliens and their worlds using the powers of their emotions. Ugh. You're kind of inherently, ugh, the power of their emotions. But it's, like, if you've seen Adventure Time, it's along the same ilk. Yep. It's bonkers. And it's free. Really? It's on YouTube. It's like, it's widely available. That's pretty cool. But um, they've had three series now, I think. I've only seen one. I must admit, it's only I lost track of, so I'm going to be going straight to YouTube after this show to, to catch up. Mm. They've they got the, the, the same wacky characters. There's a, a bear, a rainbow-colored bear called Impossa Bear. Impossa Bear. <laughs> and his weapon is a gas-powered stick. Okay. There's also a character called Catbug. Is it a cat and a bug? Yeah. It's basically half cat, half ladybug. That's... A very weird combination of animals. Yeah, this is Pendleton World we're talking about and the creator of Adventure Time. That it's, is very true. It literally, like, but like, it's got a, an overall arc to the series, which I kind of enjoy. It's something that sometimes is missing from Adventure Time. There is actually a point to it. Um, so I really like, if you like Adventure Time, or even if you don't, you like free cartoons, check it out. It's on YouTube. Let me see where we can get it for you. It's on Frederator's Cartoon Hangover. So you should be able to, uh, if you, I'm going to spell this for you. So F-R-E-D-E-R-A-T-O-R, cartoon, as in, you know, cartoons, and hangover, as in that thing you probably have right now while listening to this. So check it out. It's uh, It's been around since 2012, so you, there will be no shortage of episodes by now. And it's award-winning, and I love it. Gar, what's your read for this week? My read is a New Yorker article, How Video Games Changed Popular Music. It's essentially the story of Koji Kondo, who's famously the kind of uh, lead uh, sound producer at Nintendo. He does, uh, he did, well, historically, all the music for the Mario and Zelda games. And it, it's it's based on a book uh, someone wrote about the Super Mario Bros. soundtrack recently. And the work he did on that, that kind of changed the video game industry in terms of how they approached music in games. Did you know, Ken, there's there's only three minutes worth of original music in the first Mario Brothers game. Really? Three minutes. So it's looped the whole time? A lot of it's looped. It's, it's sped up and slowed down. But there's three minutes. And everyone everyone knows the Super Mario Bros. theme. Do you know what my favorite one, one of, like, besides Super Mario Bros. theme, one of my favorite songs from Super Mario 1, I'm going to try and do it. Do, 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 do. Oh, that's Super, that, that's Super Mario Land. Yeah, oh, the Game Boy games, I love them. But it's really, like that. It's so cute. Yeah, and, and happy. If you, if you ever heard Koji Kondo's music, and that's actually it's going to tie in with my listen recommendation later. Synergy. <gasps> yep. Yeah, we nearly didn't get synergy in there. I'm, this week. I'm synergizing my recommendations. But yeah, what what he composed, it changed how the the video game industry saw music because he wanted to compose music based on kind of what was happening on the screen. It wasn't just kind of an ancillary thing thrown at the end. It was an integral part of the process because I, I, I'd make a wager that without that kind of iconic Super Mario Brothers theme, that game doesn't do nearly as well. It doesn't have nearly the same kind of uh, iconic influence that it had. It's kind of a, a causal reaction because like, you hear that music and it takes you back to a time yep. when you were young and you first discovered these games. So, it, you know, it, it taps into your emotions. And it's, it's become iconic. And he's gone on to do loads more games, which I'll talk about in a minute. But it's a really interesting kind of at-a-glance look at, at the, the early stages of his career making the music for that Mario Brothers game. So that's How Video Games Changed Popular Music, and it's on The New Yorker. My read this week, it's not necessarily on a specific website, but it's covered by a, a lot of major news sources, so you will be able to find it. BBC Newsfeed in particular had a good breakdown of it, if you want to try and find it there. 
uh, basically it's the story of an Indonesian tsunami survivor who was helped by Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo of Real Madrid to become a footballer, fulfill his lifelong dream after nearly getting swept away by the tsunami. That's good of Ronaldo. Yeah. So, like, uh, as you know, before he went to Manchester United, Ronaldo played for Sporting Lisbon. And surprise, surprise, the, the young lad was picked up by Sporting Lisbon. Uh, his name is Martunus, M-A-R-T-U-N-I-S. It's a really fascinating story. Like, they made a film a few years ago. I can't remember what it was called. It had uh, Ewan McGregor and Naomi Watts in it. Oh, God, that's going to bug me. I'm going to have to come back to that. But, um... Like I think, like if they made a story about this, it's gonna it's gonna have the same effect because mm. that that was that film was a surprise hit. This this is a really like it's a fascinating story. He tells a story about basically, you know, not surprisingly, he nearly perished, and then uh, basically he got picked up by Ronaldo, who kind of championed him as as his little mission, and the it, it culminated today or, or a few days ago at age seventeen against signed by a professional club so it's quite cool Ronaldo gets kind of a hard time sometimes for yeah, some of it he brings on himself for his kind of extravagance that he, he portrays but he yeah. seems like a good dude I heard another story where he gave away like a bunch of like gear of his uh, and money to raise money for like an operation for a sick child like he does all that st- this stuff all the time so yeah. like like people think he's a diva but I think he really is aware of how lucky he is and he, mm. he does try to pay it forward so uh, if you're a fan of Ronaldo if you're a fan of football uh, even if you're a fan of, of heartwarming stories heartwarming that will warm the cockles of your heart I don't get to say that saying enough so I decided to put it in there check it out uh, as I said it's available widely but if you want to focus in on one place BBC Newsfeed had a good coverage of it during the week so my recommendation for a listen to tie in with my recommendation for a read is the music of Koji Kondo. Uh, go onto YouTube, type either Super Mario Bros. 1, Super Mario Bros. 2, 3, Super Mario World, Super Mario Galaxy, Super Mario 3D World, or the Zelda games, The Zelda because I'm playing Wind Waker at the moment, and that game has such good music. Mm. And uh, Ocarina of Time, Link to the Past. He, he did the music for most of the Mario and Zelda games and supervised the music for an awful lot of Nintendo games. And his music is so good. It's that kind of peppy and cheery and energetic and happy and kind of very tonally fits what it's going for. And like I have playlists on my iPod, you can find pretty much every track he's ever made on YouTube. And his music is more than worth listening to. You'll be like super happy just listening to, to all the different themes from all the different worlds that he's created. And if you want, you can walk around jumping up and down on on blocks and yeah, stuff and stomping on poor, doing, doing, poor doing. harmless helpless little things that's, a, that's all this thing about Goombas you know they're just kind of slowly waddling toward you it's just like oh I'm a Goomba walk in oh dead how do you know they're going to hurt you yeah they could, they could just be going about their business going for a stroll like like a Goomba never made it home to his family as a result of Mario yeah. even Koopa Troopers look like they look so happy while they're walking and then Mario stamps on their head and steals their shell and kills them with their own shell Mommy, is Daddy coming home tonight? I don't know, son. I believe the evil Mario has stomped him to death. Like they have a, 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 a like a scroll with a picture of the tormentor on it. He's like an <laughs> evil demon. But that's the music of Koji Kondo. Any track from most of those games. There's like tons of playlists on YouTube. Just start going through them. They're so good. My listening this week is another podcast by Gim- Gimlet Media because let's face it, they do fantastic podcasts. And we might secretly be trying to get on Gimlet. <laughs> it's like, hey, Gimlet, we've got two of your podcasts. So, you know, they'll never let us on there. Nope. But 
It's Reply All. Reply All is a show about the internet hosted by PJ Vote and Alex Goldman with contributing producers and editors and reporters. It's basically stories about how people shape the internet and how the internet shapes people. Uh, they used to host TLDR on uh, NPR. It was a WNYC show, I believe. Yeah. And then they went on to, to go out on their own with Gimlet. And like really, re- really fascinating stuff. Like very, like the, and it's really like if you want to listen to it, if, if you want to listen to something while you go to sleep, it's like the perfect podcast. Not to say it will put you to sleep, but like, the audio quality and the cadence of their voices yeah. is just so calming and nice. PJ and Alex are so soothing. And like really, really well produced. And uh, they, they have, they could, they've, they're on earth some fascinating little things. The research and the stories. And like, and you think that it, like being bound by the specific, the specific specific genre of the internet might kind of limit you at times but they like manage to find some really really interesting stuff mm. and they look at the internet from like a really all different points of view so that's reply all uh at gimlet media available on soundcloud on their own website reply all dot diamonds i think it's called and there's a dot limo site i think they did that as a because they covered the the kind of the cd market of buying up dot coms yeah so they got a bunch of other ones with kind of obscure names and it's also available on iTunes if you want to check it out. Okay, more select choices from around the web next week. Stick around for our new segment, Replay. All will be revealed after a word from our friend Bruce. You're listening to The Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Welcome back to The Weekend Show. You know, guys, we enjoyed our trip down memory lane so much last week with our top 10 things you probably forgot about until right now, although last week. It got us thinking. Dangerous Usually, I know. But on this occasion, it gave birth to our bouncing new baby segment called Replay, where we discover games from our youth, or rediscover, I should say, and play them right here on the podcast. In this inaugural edition, Pokemon Cards! I want to be the very best, like no one ever was. God, they were such an obsession. <laughs> gotta catch, oh my God, gotta catch them all is right. Yeah, because I was, I was in peak Pokemon, like, target demographic. Yeah. Because I was born in 92, Pokemon became huge in, like, 98-ish, 99. 99, yeah. So I would have been six or seven, which is, like, my stupid dumb child mind is, like, I need all of this. I need to have all of them. And, like... On the playground, it was, like, a type of currency. So, like, if you were one of the richer kids who had, like, stacks of cards, you were, like, a mafia boss. You yeah. Had like, an entourage that follows you around. Like, or, like, like if you, like, if you if you did something for them, they might give you that card you wanted. I have this this shiny Venusaur. Do as I ask. Or you, or else I'll give it to this other guy. Yeah. And if, like, fight for the affection of the, the card master. The card master, yeah. Or, like, so, like what, one of, the, one of the, the smaller of the group just... If there's like a puddle in front of them, they dive in front of it. <laughs> and walk and, over. And, and they like walk over and then like throw a, a, a sand slash carrot his way for his yeah. troubles. Because those those kind of things, we, we mentioned this last week when we were talking about things you forgot about. Those things chuck over schools. Yeah. To the degree that a lot of time they'd be like banned eventually. Yeah. We talked about things that were banned, like the slap bracelets. We talked yeah. about that last week. These were banned just because they caused so much yep. like child rage. Yep. I remember like one time I was seeing a full on fist fight. Because a guy traded a guy for cards, then he regretted it, wanted it back. Your man was like, "No, take these backsies," <laughs> and like, he, like he didn't he didn't take these backsies, but he he took back he he, he took a, a 
a, a solid shot to the jaw. Talk already lost in blood. <laughs> Absolutely, like, like complete, like, and then like the rage in his eyes is cra- like crazy. Like thinking back now, the, like looking, at I'm actually picking up a Pokemon card right now. I'm I'm narrating. It's a Venom Venonash. Venonash. And like they're they're pieces of card. Yeah, like, they're they're just with pictures on them. But it, like, and then if it's a shiny one, then like the 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 hysteria was even more. Yep. Because, like any reasonable 23-year-old can, I still have my Pokemon cards. Well, they're going to be valuable someday. I, insist, I insist they're going to be valuable. Like, in 40 years' time, when Pokemon has disappeared off the face of the earth, there will be someone who will want that shiny Zapdos card I have, and I'll be like, 200 bucks. Yeah, or someone who covets the Venonat card. Yeah. But, yeah, I kept them through all these. I have a little box because we were going to, we were thinking about buying new ones to compare them. They're actually largely the same. They look very similar. Well, yeah, there's, there, the deck we looked at uh, kind of had a lot of the original 150 Pokemon, which uh, the, the cards kind of passed me by after the original 150. So I don't have many others besides the original 100. I have a couple of the Johto ones in there somewhere. Yeah, I have seen a few of them. But the card, in terms of the layout, they actually look exactly the same in yep. terms of where the stats are laid out and stuff like but that. Yeah, I've, I've hung on to them for years and years and years. There's like, there's world championships at this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's coming up now. Soon, yeah, the, the US Nationals are on at the moment. I spent a, a reasonable portion of my day watching uh, battles with the game. Yeah, because there's the the trading card game and then the video game and they hold the both the world championships at once. That's like and and people like they 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 get really into it. They they dress in costumes. They have like plushies that are Pokemon next to them and like they and like to win this is like you're like the king of the nerds. Yeah, check out the Pokemon Twitter feed this week. There's some really cool pictures of like people dressed up in cosplay with adorable looking uh, Pokemon stuffed animals that are also dressed up in kind of a form of cosplay. I saw a guy who was dressed up like Ash and he had his backwards cap while he was battling because he meant business. Yep. And he had next to him had a plushie of Cyndaquil who also had a backwards cap on. Because the Cyndaquil means business too, Ken. Because we were, we were in Japan last year mm-hmm. and we they, were. Ha- they have the Pokemon Center there. Yeah, which is essentially heaven on earth. It's like it's like a Pokemon shop, but they frame it like a Pokemon center from the game. Yeah, and I had to stop myself from buying everything. 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 I actually, I I had a, a mishap in there where I went. I was I was going to buy a packet of Jack a deck of Japanese Pokemon cards. So I picked this thing up. It was in a yellow box. It was shaped like you know the way you see the Pokemon card decks here. Yeah, it was shaped like that. It had a card in the front. It had a Pikachu card, which I have the Pikachu card in front of me. This Pikachu card. Very cool. Yeah, it's very shiny. Uh, it's in Japanese, so I have no idea what it says. Pikachu but looking very determined. He does. He looks like he's going to wreck shit. Yeah. But... Uh, Our language advisory. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> wreck bleep. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, I'm going to get these Pokemon cards. So I bought them and brought them back to the hotel room. I'm fierce happy with myself because I have a bunch of Pokemon cards. So I'm like, I'm going to unbox my Pokemon cards and flick through them to see which ones I got. It turns out it was a box of counters and a box of Pokemon card holders. So counters are what you use to to, to tally up your damage to, yep. to keep track of it, and I I, I still like remember the disappointment on your face like you yep. were a nine year old <laughs> child who had had his dreams ripped away from. I him. was so crushed because I paid good yen for these, and because I couldn't read Japanese, I had no idea what it actually was. I assumed it was a deck. Of, it looked like a deck of cards, Ken. It wasn't my fault. I bought uh, stuff in there that I didn't know what was in it. Yeah, you you can buy replica Pokeballs with weird sweets in them. You can buy boxes of Pikachu cookies. You can buy pens. You can buy stuffed animals of literally any Pokemon you want. You want Fennekin, you got them. You want an Eevee, you got them. I bought an Eevee and a Bulbasaur myself. So, you know, like, I actually looked at buying some of that stuff online. It's actually 
ridiculously expensive. Yeah. It's extortionate. So it's actually cheaper to go to Japan to get this stuff. <laughs> yeah. They actually, every month, the Pokemon Center releases a special like cosplay Pikachu. Yeah. Where it's like Pikachu dressed up as a mailman. <laughs> Pikachu dressed up as a fireman. And it's just Pikachu. like, oh, it's adorable. I want it. So, Gar, shall we give this a go? Uh, we'll try. I was looking up the rules today. There's a 30-page rule book for the trading card game. I never actually knew how to play the trading when I was young. No idea how to... I collected them because they were cool. And no I tried, idea how We it tried to play, but we just kind of just made up our own rules, really. Yep. Uh, but, like, Gar... This is a serious sport. It has a world championship. There's, so. profe- like, there's professionals at this. It's, it's not just, you know, oh, a bunch of kids show up for a week in Hawaii or wherever it was. It was in Hawaii once. And play Pokemon and go back home. There are competitive, like, professional Pokemon players. That's the dream. It is. Forget the podcast, Gare. We need to become Pokemon masters. And you see, I'm terrible at Pokemon as well. Because I've, I've played an unmerciful amount of Pokemon through the years. But I'm still terrible at it. Like, the, the video game. Anytime I play online, it's just like, oh, murdered. Especially if you come up against one of the Japanese. Yeah. They know their Pokemon. They're like, like you haven't even got a hope. You may as well just quit out of the game before you even play <laughs> you them. Leave my poor Charizard alone. Just take my Pokemon. Take them as your trophy and leave me alone. You killed my Torterra. It's not. For, it's very dishonorable, Gar. It is. They're murdering my poor Pokes. My so, Pokes feel bad about themselves because they, they can't get the job done. And Nurse Joy brings them back to life, but boo, they're not boo, quite the boo, same. Boo. Nurse Joy is a sadist, by the way. Why? Because every time you heal your Pokemon, she says, we hope to see you again. So, like, every, so anytime you see her, it's because your Pokemon have nearly died. But it keeps her in Yen, Gar. Yeah, but, but she should be like, oh, I hope I never see you again because I don't want your Pokemon to nearly die again. Okay, Gar, let's give this a go. Do you want to explain the basic rules that we looked at? Okay, <laughs> 30 pages worth. I, I've, I've narrowed it down to certain. We're going to ignore some rules just for the sake of we're playing this on a podcast and we don't care. And we don't want to keep, because we don't want this to be a three hour long podcast. And we're not going to play a whole game because that would take way too long and I don't really know how to win. Because there's something about prize cards. Apparently, after you draw your first, you're supposed to drop prize cards, but I don't know what they do, and I don't know how to use them. Okay. So we're, go- we're going to ignore that. Ignore ignore the rules. Yep. It's like, like any other thing. You just make up your own rules. It's like that Survivor board game that was unplayable. It's like, ah, we'll cut it down. Yeah. So you draw seven cards from the top of your deck. Okay, let's do it. We're going to do now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Are we allowed to look at them? Yep. Okay. Oh, sweet. Seven. Okay. Okay. I, d- I did okay here. I can live with this. Okay. The problem is you need energy cards. So every, every Pokemon's move, uh, you need an energy card to actually use. Oh, okay. So, but, but it has to be the appropriate one. Yep. So say I'm, I'm going to tell you a Pokemon I have. Yeah. My Ammonite here has Water Gun, which requires one uh water energy card okay so until you have that water energy card you can't actually use any moves so you might have a really cool pokemon but he just has to stay on the bench because he's unusable because you haven't got an energy card yep okay and in theory uh you're supposed to evolve your pokemon so say if you were to have say an ivysaur like i do at the moment I'm telling you all my cards for the sake of explaining the rules to the podcast audience god i have the edge now i'm rooting uh so you're supposed to play Bulbasaur and then evolve him to Ivysaur. How do you how do you evolve him? I think you just wait, play Bulbasaur and wait till you get the Ivysaur, and then you're just like, I'm gonna evolve him. So it's just like just like 
this is happening right now. Hypersaurs are wild. Yeah, you're forcing them. You're force force evolving him. But like I thought, like I thought... that episode of Digimon where he forces Agumon to evolve and he turns into an evil monster, evil, evil skull monster. Okay, we're on Pokemon today. Sorry. Digimon for another Sorry. day. But like I would have thought you'd have to get a special card to do it or something. I don't think so. I don't think so. There might be. We don't know. Yeah. There was a 30-page rule book. I wasn't reading the whole thing. <laughs> okay. So oh. you start by playing uh, one active card and then up to five, um, what's the word they use? Uh, bench cards. Okay. So what a, um, what, what, what's an active card? That's, that's the card you're using currently in battle. You play it face down at first. So okay. we'll say in theory, uh, I'm flipping a coin right now, I won. Um, so yeah. I'll go first. I'll play my active card face okay. down okay and then i'll throw a couple down on the bench three you can play up to five on the bench i don't really know what the bench does yeah I we'll just do three because otherwise we'll be here all and day. i i assume i i couldn't read this in the rules but i, I assume you fill your car hand back up to seven see yeah. this i i didn't understand any of this this is so hard so i so we'll just do one that's my turn and then do they all have to be Pokemon in your active one or, or your bench or do they, can it just be anything? I think it has to be Pokemon. Okay. I think you keep like the trainer cards and energy cards in your hand. Okay. I'm doing it. Just okay. in case you can't hear, I'm doing it right now. And I've got three cards left, so I'll pick up four. So at the end of our each of our turns, we flip our active cards and then we start battling. Oh my God, so, so exciting. Okay, I'm going to turn mine. It's a Hitmonchan. Oh my God. Shiny Hunter. Oh, it's those weird shinies. Yeah, yeah the weird you, shinies. You see, if you ever had Pokemon cards, you would have gotten those weird kind of... Uh, they're, they're kind of... Uh, Shiny all over. Yeah, which which I always assumed were fake. Yeah, they look kind of... They do look kind of fake. But, like, I don't think we ever bought them from dodgy sources. No, so. I think you ended up just trading them with people. It's like, you got, like, crappy Pokemon cards from abroad that you've got off some dodgy vendor. Yeah. And you're trying to ship them off on me for my shiny freaking Hitmonchan. By the way, my Hitmonchan is a legit shiny Hitmonchan. Yeah. Beat, like, beat the crap out of that guy. He's, 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 he's hustling us. Yeah. Hitmonchan. Look, look at Hitmonchan, though. He's so cool looking. He is very cool looking. He's just like, I'm a boxer. So, in theory, we're supposed to have them fight each other, but we have no energy cards, so... Okay. I have um, energy cards. Do you have ones for the right move type? Yes, oh. I do. Oh, my God. You can use hypnosis. <gasps> I'm going to go ahead... Can I use hypnosis? Yes, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and use hypnosis. What does it do? You have to read the card. I'm going to read the card. The defending Pokemon is now asleep. Oh, my Hitmonchan is asleep. Okay. Um, I'm winning so far. Well, technically, you haven't damaged me. The win conditions are you either take all of your prize cards. I don't know what prize cards are, so we've ruled that one out. Yeah. Uh, knock all of your opponent's in-play Pokemon out. Yep. Or if your opponent's deck has no cards in it at the beginning of his or her turn. That's not going to be a problem. We have a pretty considerable size. Probably like 100 each or something. Yep. These are, this is my private collection of Pokemon cards. Um, I have nothing to do in my turn because I have no energy cards <laughs> so i'm just, I'm just gonna shove my mind off to the side and look through my deck for an energy card yeah you see I, I still don't understand how you play this you have to wait until these cards come up so you could like be waiting forever especially if i don't have any which i might so, not like, so there could be like turn after turn of people just doing nothing this is why i never actually played with them as a kid i collected them i need a fighting one because i have a hitmonchan who's a fighting type and i have a bunch of water and and um what's your let me look through my deck as well just to see what i've got we're just yeah we're looking through our pokemon decks because 
<laughs> I don't understand. I still don't understand how you can play this because I have no fighting energy cards, so my Hitmonchan is useless. So does that mean I win by default? I think it might. Oh, I found another one of those. Those really. That must be fake. And they look fake. Yeah, they're even. Yeah, but they're quite. No, they're not. They're not quite the same. Are they? Oh, crap! I've dropped my Pokemon cards. <laughs> oh no! If that happened in a schoolyard, people would like scramble to <laughs> steal them off of you. <laughs> and that's like that's not a thing in real life because if you drop like it's like if you dropped your iPhone and like all your work colleagues scrambled <laughs> and stole your iPhone. Well, it's mine far. now. It was on the floor, therefore it's mine. I see. I have these cool Pokemon on my bench. I have a Mewtwo, an Alakazam, and a Machamp. <gasps> I've got Kadabra. Oh, I, we could evolve them. I think I have an Abra in here too. Garrett has a cool story. One, I think it was like one of the first packs you ever bought. You've got the coveted Mewtwo. I got a Mewtwo. I have a shiny Mewtwo, which knows Psychic and Barrier. Which back in the day was like that was the card to get. If you got that card, you were a made man. Yeah, Machamp is a weird looking Pokemon. It is. I have four arms. I suppose he's a fighting type, so he can beat and you up. And Roid Rage. Yeah, he's the Roid Rage of the Pokemon. I also have a Haunter, but mine's not, like, dodgy looking. Oh, you get, you get these trainer cards as well. Yeah, it gives, like, special moves and abilities. Like, this Pokedex allows you to look up, up five cards from your de- top of your deck and rearrange them as you like, so you kind of mm. stack your deck, as it were. If I had this move, I, what I'd be doing currently is legal, because it's yeah. an energy, uh, energy search where you can search your deck for... Like a relevant energy card. Ooh, I found a Lieutenant Surge. Ooh. You see, that's the reason I never, I, I stopped collecting after that, because, you know, I don't really want Whitney's Mill Tank. That's yeah. not, not as cool as Lieutenant Surge's Pikachu, which I have in here somewhere. That's pretty cool. And Dark Gloom. I love that. It's like, guys, we've run out, because this was one of the, only the original 150 were released. Yeah. It's like, guys, we've run out of Pokemon. It's like, why don't we do dark versions of the existing Pokemon? Exactly. It's just like, Anything to make money, and like, but like, I remember the excitement of just like, get, like going to the shop and getting a pack and opening one. And back in the day, I don't, I don't really remember how much they cost. Um, maybe three or four pounds. They're quite expensive now because we were going to buy new ones and unbox them on air, but they're twelve ninety nine each. And sadly, our production budget twenty. Yeah, our production budget doesn't stretch that far. <laughs> they're cards. Look at this Sandshrew. Sandshrew didn't cost me that much money. See, Sandshrew is a cute Sandshrew. Pokemon. I remember that episode where the guy was like undefeated for 99 battles. And it's just like Ash comes along and beats him and ruins his record. Yeah. And he's in, he's in the game as well. What, was that the guy? Oh, he had a Sandshrew, didn't he? He had like a really powerful Sandshrew. Yeah, with, with like a brace on it. Like he was, he was training a Sandshrew to death. The Sandshrew was essentially a slave. So, Garrett, we could probably go on all day about this. But because you're powerless, technically I've won. Uh, have you won? Yeah, because you can't attack me and I... I, and you're asleep, therefore I've I, won. I, I've lost because I'm asleep. Uh, uh, I, know what I love? What? The movie cards. Oh, those were cool. Yeah, that was like a main reason to go see the film. I'm going to tell an, an anecdotal story. Go on. Um, for the second movie, they gave away Ancient Me, which I still have, which is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's in here somewhere. For the first movie, I remember buying my tickets in advance because I was so afraid that it was going to sell out. The, these were the concerns of like a 10-year-old child. I was like, I actually walked... To, to to the village where we live myself to get the tickets because I was so so paranoid, and they were giving away free cards, uh, Pokemon cards, but only if, when you buy them on the day of of the film, like like they were, didn't have the cards in the cinema when I went to get my tickets, and I found out that they were giving away free cards, and I thought I wasn't going to get any, so I cried and cried and cried <laughs> until the girl gave me Pokemon cards out of pity, and she gave me more than one. The poor people in the cinema, they were just like, oh. Oh, the, the annoying child is crying until he gets what he likes. Luckily, back in that day, they actually had an enclosed box office because they probably would have been ripped apart otherwise. Yep. 
Because I have the the Pikachu card from the films right in front of me, and he looks oddly fat. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the have you ever seen like the gifts of the pikachu in the game yeah who the pikachu has lost weight as the games went on yeah and uh snorlax if if you look at the sprites from snorlax from general the first generation of pokemon to the current one yeah he's slowly waking up that's that's clever yeah each each successive generation he's more awake than the last one so pikachu through the years has bowed to the pressures of show business and mm. become anorectic shoved his tail down his throat the trop is berries Pika! <laughs> yeah. Pika! That, that weird brown pokemon food that brock used to make clearly horrible yeah so the moral of the story is i've won pokemon ken ken defeated me by the fact that we don't know how to play we don't know how to play so we're gonna have to leave it there you see we have all these counters in the middle of the desk that were just like what what do they do like they're they're really they're like like little gems and don't leave those lying around because your children will swallow them yep they'll probably collapse and die but i got them by accident when i was trying uh, to get some pokemon cards in japan this is perhaps more of a visual medium but i hope you enjoyed us not playing pokemon cards we we did a, a thrilling encounter which ken won by putting me to sleep but the cards don't put you to sleep they're actually quite thrilling when you know what you're doing and i'm gonna keep them for another 20 years that was the experiment that was a replay more play time in the near future perhaps we might actually finish the game reach or start out a game <laughs> or start a game reach out to us via facebook at facebook.com forward slash twskk or twitter.com tell us tell us all about your favorite pokemon cards what cards did you have what do you like do you still have your cards make some recommendations for future games if we should attempt this again it's it's undecided at the moment yeah we were thinking maybe something like monopoly if you'd like to see us play monopoly let us know or, you know, we have Yu-Gi-Oh cards as well, which I never understood. We do. I've kept these for years. But like, we might even do a, a, a podcast. That's a word now. A video, a video podcast. Yeah, of us playing a video game, maybe. You can see our fun. pretty faces. M- maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> if you're still listening, having listened to two grown men attempt to play Pokemon cards, you are my kind of people. We'll be right back to say bon voyage. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at soundcloud.com slash the weekend show. Okay, Pokemon trainers, that's about all we have for you this week. If you're out there listening in podcast land, thank you for taking the time to click play or download on the podcast. You can find a new episode every Sunday at soundcloud.com forward slash the weekend show and all good podcast providers including now itunes we're on itunes now we're legit we're big time you can follow us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash twskk and on twitter at twskk our theme music is by mr Dron. and until next time say goodbye Gar. bye bye take it easy everybody